phase two of this agenda item. Um, does your CEO have any opening remarks on phase two before I plunge in? Well, this is that world-class system that uh, staff has been promising for the last couple of months to bring to you. Uh, Jarrett is, uh, he focuses on access, and I think that's the most important. Uh, I tend to focus on ridership because that's kind of an indicator of whether it's working or not, and people have that access. But I think this is, uh, we talked about getting to $7 million. I think what Jarrett's going to show you in this phase two, uh, combined with some incentives that staff has in mind, is going to get you to $7 million and beyond. So with that, I'm just excited. And uh, I guess the only other thing I'll say is obviously this gets much more expensive, uh, phase two. And so staff has uh, a game plan for offering uh, what I would consider a pilot project for a number of years to get this off the ground. And we'll be uh, with the finance committee in October to talk about financial game plans in regard to phase one and phase two, just so that there's absolute clarity on where the money's coming from and what the, you know, game plan is both in the short and the long term. Thank you very much. So, um, I want to be very clear that this is the first time right now at this moment is the first time the public has seen this map. And it is not, whereas phase one, I was ready to present to you as a thing we can really recommend because it's been through a public conversation. We've heard the public comments and we've had a chance to work through them. We're not there with phase two. We're at the beginning of the public conversation and the next steps do involve a lot of things that will have some controversy involved in them that will need to be worked through. So I, uh, I like this map. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to present this map to you, but I also want to be clear that this is the beginning of the conversation, and we're far from a point of asking you to adopt. <clears throat> in working with your staff on phase two, we were asked to assume that there would be a significant increase in funding, but also that there would be significant infusion of funding directly tied to the needs of the university. So the expansion in service that you see here in the city of Santa Cruz and Capitola in particular is directly tied to that assumption that there is financial participation in some form from the university. To maybe, maybe things are run as a pilot for a while in the meantime, but that ultimately there is substantial and ongoing financial participation from the university in order to sustain these levels of service. Right away as you look at phase two, you see three huge high-frequency routes in Watsonville and one, three huge high-frequency routes in Santa Cruz, one high-frequency route into Watsonville. For that to be equitable, for that to pass our basic standards of equity, this can't all be coming out of, directly out of government funds. There has to be some other participation to fund this extreme level of service in Santa Cruz, um, or this just would not be an equitable distribution of service between Santa Cruz and Watsonville. So that's very important to be clear. So with that assumption, um, the idea here is that lines one, two, and three now do run, all three run continuously across the center of, the, uh, the center of Santa Cruz. 
so that you now see one, two, and three all departing from the university, all, cr all crossing through downtown Santa Cruz, replacing the current 10, 18, and 19 paths, and all continuing east, one along Soquel, two toward, Cap toward Capitola, and three on the more complicated routing through Seabright. Now, again, for the same principle I, I, met, I mentioned before, this is not possible without a large terminal on the campus that makes it possible for routes one, two, and three to terminate on the campus and take their breaks there. We've sketched that at West Remote. It doesn't have to be there, but it does have to be such that we can go two-way through the campus to the far side of it and end there at the end of most of the demand. So West Remote is ideal for that because once you've gone up the east side of the campus, you've gone through all of the dense parts of the campus, West Remote is really the end of the campus. Um, there's, not, there's, a, there's a rural gap beyond there. The only real loser here is the Arboretum. I, as a botany geek, care about that, but in the larger scheme of things, it is possible to walk from Western to get to the Arboretum. And, um, uh, and I think that's reasonable in the context of this growth. But so that's what you're seeing and that's why you're seeing it. So now you're seeing one, two, and three flow, all three flowing continuously across the city from the university all the way across to Capitola. Now, further east from that, that has some knock-on effects. Even if the bus is terminating on the campus, by the time it gets to Capitola Mall or Cabrillo College, it's been going a long time and it's starting to lose some reliability, particularly in the current operating environment of what the streets are now. In the absence of bus lanes or bus priority or much else to protect you from the very unpredictable levels of traffic congestion that you experience on these streets, we don't believe that those buses can, can reliably run in service all the way to Watsonville. <clears throat> For that reason, what you see is a split happening at Cabrillo College, where routes one, two, and three now, where, where routes one and two end. Route one ends at Cabrillo College, route two ends at Capitola, and route three continues to end at Capitola. And separate routes called 61 and 62 pick up from those points and continue into Watsonville. Now, the, the big payoff here is you do get the 15-minute service all the way into Watsonville. It's the route that's called Route 1 in Phase 1. Here it's called 61. Uh, comes from Cabrillo College, across Airport Way, past the hospital, and down Freedom Boulevard in Lincoln, and into downtown. Um, but we do have that issue of needing it to be a separate route so that, and that, the way I would present this in Watsonville is, we need to do this in order to protect Watsonville riders from Santa Cruz's congestion. <laughs> because the congestion problems tend, as a rule, to be, to be in Aptos and further west, and will have a more reliable operation between Cabrillo and Watsonville if it's a separate route. Now, the other part of this, so how do you get from Watsonville to Santa Cruz, a half-hourly Route 91 appears in this plan. So Route 91, the, the express that many people have been asking for, nonstop from Watsonville to Santa Cruz, um, every 30 minutes all day that becomes the primary way that you go from Watsonville to Santa Cruz if you're going all the way to downtown Santa Cruz. If you're going to Cabrillo, you use the 61 service. So inside of Watsonville then, we now have a high frequency service every 15 minutes connecting, not everywhere in Watsonville, but really connecting a lot of the biggest dots 
um, the, um, the hospital, the commercial area around Freedom and Green Valley, Freedom Boulevard, Lincoln Street coming in, and downtown. So this is a first shot at what phase two might look like. Um, the, um, the map shows, so this, this, is, this is basically a description of a set of improvements that Metro would like to make over the course of 2024. It requires Metro to hire enough drivers, and it requires a relationship between Metro and UCSC that is a much more complete financial partnership uh, that includes both making an on-campus terminal for uh, the buses work and also includes funding support for the Santa Cruz frequency upgrades. The intention is to proceed step by step as those three elements come online, none of which are entirely predictable from where we sit, but that these are the things that would be done as those things come online. Phase three is a longer term concept. Already by the end of phase two, Metro would be providing the highest amount of service it has ever provided. But phase three focuses on some further improvements that are in the longer term based on other priorities that were identified in outreach and, and in prior outreach processes. With phase two, we want to show clearly that staff ultimately does want to deliver on everything that the public has asked for. And this is that longer list of things. Key service ideas for phase three, weekend service levels similar to weekday. Now, I can't emphasize too strongly that ever since COVID took out much of the classic commute peak, weekends have been the place that public transit is growing most effectively all across the country. And it has to do with the fact that if you think about everyone who works in the service sector, if you think about everyone who works in retail, they all work on Saturday. They all work on weekends when those places tend to be busiest. And as a result, making life possible for a lower income person holding that kind of job and wanting to live without a car, weekend service is just critical. Likewise, evening service is critical. That's when you think about when retail closes, when you think about when restaurants close, what it takes to get everybody home. When you always, when you look at evening service, if you just take a magnifying glass to the last trip of the night, yes, the ridership will be really low then. But one of the things we've discovered, I've been through many waves of service cuts, and one of the things everyone in our industry has discovered with service cuts is that when you cut the last trip of the night, the trip before it dies. And so you cut that one and the trip before it dies. And this is what happened to evening service <laughs> in many transit agencies. So the, the, the delivery of a full day of service, an 18, hour, an 18 or 19 hour day of service, is critical to making it possible for people to trust the service to be there whenever they need it, which makes them possible to plan their lives around it at all and to make decisions about whether to own a car based on that. Um, there's also um, an idea to make much faster service to, Fel to Felton and Ben Lomond. What we would like to do there, if, you were, if you're familiar with what the 35 does, it's quite an adventure. It goes up the length of Scotts Valley, comes back through Scotts Valley, and then finally takes you up over to Felton, and then finally picks up Highway 9, going to Boulder Creek. We'd like ultimately to separate those into two different routes, for there to be a Scotts Valley route to, um, to Santa Cruz, a separate 
Belton Van Lomond route coming past the Scotts Valley Transit Center, but direct into Santa Cruz without having to go up the length of Scotts Valley and back down. And those two would connect to each other at the Scotts Valley Transit Center so that it would be possible still to travel between Scotts Valley and Felton. Um, we think there's a potential for a lot more ridership out of the San Lorenzo Valley by eliminating that duplication. And finally, there's a whole list of places where we would like to introduce more frequent service, including uh, every 15-minute service on Highway 17, at least during the peak, and every 15 minutes on Watsonville local lines. And a little bit of additional frequency through Capitola Village, although Capitola Village continues to be a problem for fixed route buses because of the congestion and, and street geometry. Um, so I'm not even going to show you a map of phase, of phase three because it is, it is really just a, a, we want to acknowledge and list that those are the ideas that have been heard from the public that also make sense to me as a, as a service planner as a set of priorities and that we would encourage you to go to next. So phase two and three are still conceptual drafts. Um, we certainly welcome, no, no formal action is needed, but we welcome the board's advice and we are, and of course this will go forward then into a round of public outreach, which will ask people essentially, does phase two match their highest priorities for improvement? If not, how would they rearrange those priorities and how would they priorities, prioritize the longer list of improvements listed in phase three? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Walker. Director Rotkin.